good today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians. We are going to continue this series on happiness, habits for happiness. And uh, we've got this week and next week, and we'll be done with that. But turn to Ephes- or Philippians chapter 4. We're going to begin reading with verse 1. When you get there, say amen. amen. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, I really like this. Circle it or something in your Bible. Stay true to the Lord. Stay true to the Lord. I love you and I long to see you, dear friends, for you are the joy in my crown I receive for my work. Now I appeal that Yodia and Senschik, please, because they belong to the Lord, look at this, settle your disagreements. And I ask you as my true partners to help these two women, for they worked hard for me telling about the good news. So we see there's a little bit of a schism in the body. They said, hey, settle it. Take care of it. Uh, you guys are both good people. We've done a lot of good things together. Okay, they worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose name are written in the book of life. How many have your name written in that book? And then look at this. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Look at this. Let everyone see that you are considerate. In other words, you're deliberate. You're prudent. You're attentive. And all you do, remembering that the Lord is coming soon. If yours says coming soon, mark it out and put the Lord is near. If in the original Greek, it actually says the Lord is near, meaning he's right here. He's watching. So, so let's be prudent in settling difficulties, staying true to the Lord, keeping our joy. How many see what the scripture is saying there? Let's, let's stay true to the Lord, brothers and sisters. Let's don't give up. Let's take care of business when we have difficulties, troubles, and trials. And then he says, keeping the joy of the Lord while we're doing it. And then he said, be considerate and prudent that the Lord is near. And then here's why we did that song today. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. You know, when I first came out to Chicagoland, I was Chicagoland, I was on 72 and big timber 72 and 31 and all of a sudden these two grown men get out of their truck we were in the turning lane and one of them was in construction and the other one was like in some european car or something but they th- this guy in construction went up and started tapping on the window real mad and then he started banging on the window and then the guy with the suit get out and they proceed to just start wailing on each other they're like boom 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 and the guy in the suit I, I swear he was an MMA fighter on the weekends. He, I mean, he's lifting up his foot and kicking the guy in the head in the suit, the little guy. And, and all of a sudden, this, guy, this construction guy was just getting walloped, I'm telling you. He was getting mutilated. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, somebody throw in the towel, somebody blow the buzzer, somebody ring the bell. Somebody needs to stop this. This is getting out of hand. It's crazy. And this, they're just beating him down and beating him down and beating him down. And finally I thought, man, what would it be like to be a boxer in the ring? And you know that you're outwitted and outpowered and, and, and out, it, it, you're just the underdog. And you're just getting beaten. You're like, oh, when's that bell going to ring? When am I going to get through this? I don't know if I can endure to the end. I don't know if I can do, I I don't know about this. Somebody quit, let this thing quit. How often is life 
like that for us? How often is life like that for us? Where you just feel like you're getting walloped. You just feel like you're getting beat down. You just feel like everything, you're like, somebody please ring the bell. It might be a, a financial situation. It might be something that you're dealing with in your marriage or a relationship, and you're like, man, I, 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 this isn't working out. Something needs to change, and, and we're like, man, what, what's happening here? Well, today we're going to talk about there's three ways that we get beat down. And the first way that we get beat down is, guys, I hate to say this, but I want to be honest with you, but the first way we get beat down is the kind that we bring on ourselves. How many say sometimes we bring it on ourselves? Sometimes, husbands, we don't know when to zip our lip. The Holy Spirit will say, I wouldn't say that if I was you. I wouldn't do that if I was you. And you hear him say that, but what do we do? We say it anyway. And then what does the Holy Spirit say? I told you you shouldn't have said that. I told you you shouldn't have acted that way. But sometimes we bring it on ourselves. Sometimes we bring it on ourselves. We make bad choices. And the reason we're getting beat down and walloped is because we're just not making good decisions. And then the second kind are the kind that are brought on by other people. People have done things to you or said things about you. Hey, you didn't ask for it, but they brought it, and now you're sitting there having to deal with it. How many of you know what I'm talking about on that? Uh, you're just having to deal with it. And then the third kind is the kind that, occur, that occurs because we're just living in a broken world. How many know that we're living in a broken world, in a fractured world? In fact, this fall, I'm going to preach a, a sermon series about uh, how do we stay true to the Lord in a broken, in a fractured society. You know, how, you, you can't blame anybody for cancer. We can blame the devil for it. Or natural disasters. Or You know, it's just a product of a broken world. Mass shootings? Where's the sense in that? But where's the sense? I mean, that could go under the second one, things done to me. It also goes through what kind of a broken world do we live in that people go in Walmarts and blow people away? What kind of world? How many of you go to Walmart now? I was at Walmart the other day, and I'm catching myself watching. I'm watching. Why? Because we're living in a broken world. But sometimes we just get beat down, beat down, beat down. Well, I want to help us survive these storms. Uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. I don't want to help us to survive these storms. I want to help us to thrive through these storms. Anybody out there? God doesn't want us just to survive or make it through. God can help us thrive through these times. But we stay true to the Lord. I, I like the example where it said, stay true to the Lord, my brothers and sisters. And then it went in and say, settle differences. Hey, do, do, look to your neighbor and turn to somebody and just say, take care of business. Look at your neighbor and say, take care of business. Let's take care of business on things that beat us down. That's all that's saying there. Take care of business. Have the same mind. Be full of the joy of the Lord. And let people see, guys, we have to be, are you here? We have to be deliberate in our faith walk. We have to be intentional about living for God or we're not going to be able to do that. Any intentional believers here today, we have to be intentional about it. Let people see your prudence. You know, many that are beat down, I want to talk about bringing it on themselves. Sometimes the difficulty, the pain, the suffering, the anxiety is a result of bad choices. To me, the best example of that is Jonah. Jonah, uh, Jonah God came up to him and he said, Jonah, I need you to go to Nineveh, 
a place where, you're, where they're doing some really wicked and some really bad stuff, and I want you to go there, and I want you to tell them, if they don't knock it off, I'm going to shut them down. Okay, that was the message that God said, Jonah, I want you to obey me, and I want you to do this. Jonah had a lot of issues in his heart about this. He, he didn't like these people. He didn't like the city, and he said, I'm not going to obey that. I'm not going to obey God's voice to me. In fact, he said, I'm not only going to not obey it, I'm going to run the other direction. How many of you and I have done that? Where we know God's voice. We know he said, I want you to do this. And we say, God, I'm not willing to do this. And not only do we say, God, I'm not willing to do this, we completely go the other direction. And then we wonder why we get all messed up. He just didn't want to do it. And you know, it found him, dis Jonah literally brought this storm on himself by disobeying God's word. And you know, a lot of people don't like this, but the Bible's the Bible. Look at Jonah 1.4. It says, but the Lord, everybody say Lord. The Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that, that threatened to, to break the ship apart. I want you to see that the Lord allowed or sent see I, it's hard for me to even say sin i want to say well the lord allowed it the lord sent the storm and we're going to talk about this and it will be balanced trust me on that today many of us are in storms and decisions because we have made decisions outside of the word of god brothers and sisters i don't know if it's ecclesiastes 10 8 or ecclesiastes 8 10 but one of them says if you break the hedge the serpent will bite you if you're a sheep, if you break the fold, you're out there in danger. Every time, guys, that I choose to break and run and do what I want to do, then I get, out for un I get out from under that. Our decisions put us in a crisis. They put us in a storm. They bring pain and suffering to us at times. Making our own choices outside of God and what he's asked us to do, I want you to really hear this, is rooted in the thinking and believing that God does not have our best interest in mind. Seriously, if we admit it, when, when we do that, we're, we're really thinking and believing, hey, God's holding out on me. He doesn't, yesterday we did a purity uh, ceremony with, with a young girl that, that wants to keep herself until she's married. And when we were talking about keeping yourself pure, girls, it's not that God is like, you can't have sex and you can't you can do whatever you want he just knows that you will be much happier if you hold yourself till you get married if you hold yourself and give it to that one person that you love and he also knows the broken heart how many young girls feel filthy and torn apart and young boys feel guilty and torn apart because they gave that up and now they feel horrible and they're depressed and they're sad and that boys broke your heart we do it God will say stay in these standards Stay in these perimeters. It's not to hold things back from you. It's to protect you. It's to love you. So what bottom line is we think we know more than God. We don't mean to cause pain and suffering. Nobody's like, oh, I want to cause some pain to myself. We don't mean to do that. Guys, we're just chasing happiness. But sometimes in chasing happiness, we're refusing to listen to God. You know, Adam and Eve... Adam and Eve, I really believe they were just chasing happiness. How many people out here are you're chasing happiness? You're chasing happiness. 
They just refused to listen to God. They thought they knew better. They thought God was holding out on them. The, the Lord really hit me when he said this. He said, they didn't just, Adam and Eve didn't just set out like this. Yo, Eve, you know, I got this great plan to ruin humanity and cause sin and death and poverty to come upon everybody and for this beautiful paradise to be destroyed. I got a plan where we can do that. Guys, they didn't set out to do that. Do you guys set out to do that, sabotage your life like that? How many people, some people do sabotage their life, but do you set out to sabotage your life like that? No, you don't. You're just chasing happiness. I feel for you today. I've done some stupid things chasing happiness. I've done some, made some stupid decisions. I've made some emotional decisions. In fact, I remember the first time I truly got to say, Lord, I thank you that I'm suffering for you. Because a lot of times we think we're suffering for Jesus. We're really not. We're suffering because of our own choices. And when we come to a point where we can be prudent and deliberate, and we recognize that, and we know that God's for us, then we can move into a greater place in him. Guys, I want you to remember this. When it says God hurled the stone, we're going to talk more about that. But God is not punishing you. The punishment and the chastisement was paid 2,000 years ago on that cross. God turned his back on Jesus to where Jesus always called him Father. But one time he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because all of the chastisement, the Bible says the chastisement for my peace with God was upon his back. And by his stripes I'm healed. Guys, you are forgiven of past, present, and future sins. The, 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 the issue isn't there. God is not punishing you. God isn't out to get you. We're dealing with two things here. The consequences of our decisions, and we're also dealing with the discipline of the Lord. You all with me today? Consequences. Steal. Go to jail. Get in a relational fight and get somebody ticked off at you. Knife in the tire. No. Um, messing you up on Facebook. Um, treat your wife wrong. Cold shoulder. Couch, baby. Of course, me and my wife made a decision when we got married that we will never go to bed separately. We will always settle our differences. We'll always do that. So there's consequences. There's consequences. They just didn't set out with this. They knew that there were consequences. Financial crisis that many are in. Consequences. Hey, how many business owners, sometimes when you're suffering or you're going through stuff, and you feel like sometimes the, 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 the feeling of everything isn't going right and things blowing apart is light saying, I need you to change this. I need you to reorganize this. I need you to correct this. Sometimes you need to fire this person. You need to fire that person. This, I mean, God is always, there's consequences in their things. So sometimes uh, uh, the things we're in is because of, the, of what we've done to ourselves. Hey, how many have ever suffered for sin? Okay. Guys, I want you to see Jeremiah 2.19. Never forget this scripture. Jeremiah 2.19. Jeremiah 2.19. It says you're own your own your wickedness will bring its own punishment 
Um, I, I, you guys can read that one. I like um, GNT. Uh, I, I like this one. Your own evil will punish you, and your turning from me will condemn you. So is God condemning? Who, what, what's causing it? The decision, the, 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 the evil the, the, that we did. What condemns You will learn how bitter and wrong it is to abandon me for the Lord your God and no longer remain faithful to me. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. So, so we see that our King James says your own backsliding has disciplined you. Sometimes that happens. Stay with me. Discipline. The second one is consequences. The, first, the second one is discipline. God isn't punishes you, is not punishing you, but the Bible says God disciplines those he loves. As a parent, we have to lovingly discipline our children. Bri, we were talking about that the other day when we were out. We have to lovingly discipline our children. And, and we have to, to, to show them right for wrong. And sometimes we have to say, I want you to say thank you. When you're addressing your mother, I want, she has a name. I want you to say her name. I mean, that is part of discipline. That's part of training. The Bible says, thank God, that, thank God he disciplines us. Because if we were undisciplined, think about your children being undisciplined. So the, the scripture says, don't despise discipline. Or, or think that you're being rebuked or that God hates you and he's against you and he's never for you. No, God lo who God loves, he disciplines. He disciplines, okay? You know, I love shepherd illustrations because I raised sheep. Um, my junior year, I received, I received Missouri State Farmer in sheep production. So I know a lot about sheep. I've, I've raised sheep, grew up on a farm. But we all know the you call your sheep and the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. You guys have heard me tell that. You've heard me say I can't, couldn't leave weekends because the sheep, we couldn't get them in the barn because you can't drive sheep. You have to call sheep, okay? And, and, and my dad could kind of get them in the barn, but dad would get so mad be, about everything because... And I was like, don't go anymore. It's just, it makes dad mad when you go. Uh, sorry, but that's the truth. Um, so I just didn't, people that milk cows, they can't go anywhere on weekends because they got to milk cows morning and night. So I, I know a lot of things about the farm. But here's another thing. When I call my sheep, I've, I've told you they always come. But there's always a lamb or two that does it. And a mom will just walk off from her sheep and won't even care that it's following like you mothers if your child wasn't following you'd say hey you need to follow and come on but a sheep won't do that in fact sometimes if you keep them separated long enough she won't even claim him when you bring it back and you have to do these little tricks like taking some of her fur and putting it on the lamb and stuff like that but anyway some of you aren't gonna like this but i felt the lord say it makes the point when when a little lamb's out there you know what you do when he, he, he won't stay in the fold? You break his leg. You break his leg. You think I like breaking his leg? No. I don't like it. I wasn't born again back there. I remember breaking a guy's arm on purpose, playing football. On purpose. So, you know, I didn't have the heart for the Lord then. I mean, it probably bothered me more to break a sheep, the sheep's leg than that guy's arm, but Whatever. <laughs> But, uh, but anyway, I, but after you do that, you put the sheep around your shoulders and you take that sheep where you know he needs to be.
Did you hear that? You break their leg and you take that lamb to the place that they need to be. Sometimes God has to break our leg and carry us to that place that we need to be. But when he gets you there, he, 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 he puts the, sets the leg back. He, he, he braces it up. You get special attention. And then the next few months, you learn to live life staying in the fold. And the Holy Spirit even told me that some of you today, I know we're not going to get through this message, but I'm going to stay where I feel the anointing. But uh, some of you today, hey, Brian, maybe these are just going to be one-point service. <laughs> uh, sometimes we get too much stuff, I think. But you know these lambs. Some of you have such a heart for the Lord where you think you're always getting your leg broke. You always think God's breaking your leg. And you've got like six breaks on your leg because you keep saying God's breaking my leg. And he's not. Your leg's already broke. But we think that when our leg's broke and we get to the, we get to the, he takes us to the place we need to be, still it's not completely perfect. That leg's not healed. It still has some pain. That lamb still can't walk. It takes some time. But they're in the protection of the fold. I feel the heart of Jesus so strong today that some of you, you're in the fold, but you're not there yet. You're not perfect. You're not perfect. You're still making some wrong decisions. You're still suffering. You're still having some pain, but it takes a little time to... The Lord spoke this to me. He said, you're learning to stay in my fold. That's a word from the Lord. Some of you aren't out there. You think you are because your life isn't as perfect as you want it to. You're harder on yourself than God is. You're not out there. You're in here. But you're still working some things out. Hey, I've been with God for now about 33 years. I'm still working some things out. I'm still working some things out. Anybody out there say amen? amen. But here's the next thing I want to ask you. If you think that's cruel, and you think that's not right for God to be that, I have one question for you. Is it better to have a broken leg or is it better to try to stay out in the darkness and be devoured? Is it better a broken leg or to be devoured? I think a broken leg is so much more. Because you're not going to make it to the next day without God. But he can bring you in and he can teach you how to live in the fold. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you to you people like me who can't learn with one time, Actually, who can't learn after about 50 times. If you ask Carmen, she'll say, I don't think he's ever going to learn. <laughs> okay? Listen to me. There's still forgiveness. You know, sometimes we feel like we got to pay for it. There's some things that I've done wrong as a parent. I remember I did, well, I don't want to get into it. 
There's things I do wrong. I've done things wrong as a parent. I've done things wrong as leading a pastor. I've done things wrong in my marriage. I've done things wrong in friendships. I have offended people. I have said the wrong things. I have. We're, we're human beings. But sometimes the enemy will lie to you where you believe this. You did that, so you deserve what you got coming. You deserve to be punished. You deserve to... You're a low-life piece of crap, and you should hurt the rest of your life. I can't believe you did that. How could you? You call yourself a Christian? Christians don't do that, let alone pastors. You go to church every week. Guys, that sometimes when you do things where you know you're suffering because you're own stuff sometimes you feel like you don't earn you, you you don't deserve forgiveness but you're right that's why grace is this grace is this unmerited undeserved unearned favor and spiritual blessing of the lord that's what grace is for by grace unearned unmerited undeserved favor and spiritual blessing of the lord i've been saved not of myself not in my works, lest any man should boast. Hey, if we're going to boast, let's boast in the Lord. Are y'all with me today? So, so, but sometimes, yesterday I was preparing for this message, and I kept hearing the Lord say, tell these people, I'm not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. Let your love quiet me. I kept hearing, it's a song that goes, it goes like this, I'm not going anywhere, you're not going anywhere, let your love quiet me, let your love quiet me, I'm not going, God's not going anywhere, you're not, guys, you're not going anywhere, or you wouldn't be here today, so letting the Lord, letting, put this next scripture up, 1 John 4, and you guys are going to be like, I see this scripture every month, you betcha. Because we have known, let your love quiet me. Let God's love quiet us. We have known and we believe the love that God has for us. My God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God. If we're abiding in love, we're abiding in God, and God's with him. We're dwelling together. Love has been per per perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So when all those words come, you're a filthy piece of junk. You deserve to be punished. You shouldn't have happiness in your life. You should never have anything good in your life. When that comes, that's the day of judgment. Then you speak to those voices and say, no. Because as Jesus is, so am I in this world. Somebody ought to praise him. As he is, so am I in this world. Jesus is accepted, I'm accepted. Jesus is holy, I'm holy. Jesus is righteous, I'm righteous. Jesus is sanctified, I'm sanctified. Somebody say, as he is, so am I. As he is, so am I. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out this fear because fear involves torment. When you live like that, you're tormenting. But he who fears, if you still have fears like that, of how God feels about you, you haven't been made perfect 
in God's love yet. You might know about his love, but you don't believe his love. We love him because he first loved us. The second way that we bring pain, we get beat down, is when others have done it to us. King David is the greatest example of this because God came to David and said, David, I've anointed you king at the same time David was running from the king Saul. So while I'm running, while I am running from Saul, you said I was king? This isn't fair. This shouldn't be happening to me. God, you said I was your child. Why has this been done to me? I had no control of this. I didn't ask for the parents I had. We didn't ask for our parents. We didn't deserve this trouble. We didn't deserve this pain. Why am I being falsely accused? Why am I being persecuted? Why is this happening to me? You said I'm king, but I'm running from the king. This isn't fair, David said. My question to us today is we need to get where we quit asking why and we quit asking what. We need to quit asking why and start asking what. What are you trying to show me, Lord? What are you trying to do in me and through me? What, 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 how can I get out of this? You know, we can sit in a valley and we can sit down and say, life has not been fair. Everybody's been against me. All this isn't fair. Or we can say, what and how am I going to come out of this? We need to know that we can come out of this. God is saying, quit asking why and start asking what. Psalms 121.5 says this. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. I started thinking about that. And I thought that it meant because Jonah was, you know, Jonah was, after he disobeyed God, how many know God's, he was swallowed up by a fish, Jonah was swallowed by a fish, how many knew that? Swallowed by a fish, spit out on an island, Jonah was, he was spit out on an island, he was, had such a sunburn, and was so thirsty, he was dying in the heat, he was distraught, he was dying, he even got to a point where he said, I wish I would just die. And God caused a, God caused a, a vine to grow up, thank you, and made a covering for him that gave him just a little bit of shade. Turn to your neighbor and say, sometime I need just a little bit of shade. I need just a little bit of shade. Anybody out there just need a little bit of shade? Just a little bit of shade. And I started thinking about that right hand and I went back to the Hebrew because the Old Testament was written in the Hebrew, and I said, the Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade. I looked up shade, and it's not like talking about a shade. I want everybody, everybody stand up this morning. Everybody stand up this morning. I want you to lift your hand way up. Lift your right hand, your right hand, because no, your other right hand. No, just kidding. Now you guys that... Didn't wear deodorant today. <laughs> That's terrible. That's so immature, but my wife always says, you're just like a little fifth grader. What that means in the Hebrew, it means lift your hand, your right hand up as far as you can. I mean, stretch it, lift it. In the Hebrew, it means this, that God 
will never be any further away than as far as you can reach your hand. That's what that means. The next time you're like, hey, life isn't fair. Come on. I need a little shade. Remember this fat preacher going bald, telling you to lift your hand up. <laughs> but then I want you to do this, guys. Everybody put your hand back up. Now then, where does your hand usually go? He's by my side. He's by my side. He's by my side. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I heard you say this week that my church is just getting beat up. Beat down. I felt it in worship. I, I ran sound today and I was watching in the back. And some of you came worship today. You feel so tired and thirsty and beat down. I'm being beat down. It doesn't matter if it was something you did to yourself or what others did to you. God loves you. God loves you today. With every head bowed and eyes closed, how many know that Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water? How many know that story? Say yes if you know it. What happened in that story? He started drowning in the waves, right? What did God do? He reached out his what? Everybody say hand. Remember what we just said in Psalms 121? God reached out his hand because he's never any further away than his hand. And he lifted him up. Everybody say lifted him up. Out of the water. Now everybody look at me. So here's something really cool. 1 Peter 5, 7. Put that on the board. 1 Peter 5, 7. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. Actually, the one I wanted in King James says, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up. Give all your worries and cares to the Lord because he cares for you. Guys, in the original Greek, they, it says hand. And this week while I was studying, the Lord said, Peter understands hand. Peter understands God's hand. Because when Peter was drowning, God's hand came down and lifted him up. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. So the same thing. Cast all your cares upon the Lord. And that same hand will come down and lift you up out of your troubles. Out of your trials. The prayer team's going to come today. The worship team's coming. Every head bowed and eyes closed. If you say, I'm here without Jesus today. He is not my Lord and Savior. Man, I'm away from him. I've fallen away from him. I, I, I used to know him, but I don't anymore. I, I'm not making good choices. I'm suffering from my choices. Man, I want life. I want a new beginning. I want Jesus in my life. If that's you today, I want you to bow your head and pray. Dear God, I come to you today. I humble myself before you. And I know you're going to lift me up out of my pain. You're going to lift me up out of my sorrow. You're going to lift me up out of my suffering. But Lord, I need you today. I need you in my life. 
I need you to be my guide because, quite frankly, my pursuit of happiness has not been a good pursuit. And today, I want to make a decision to pursue you, Jesus Christ. I want to pursue you, Jesus Christ. I want you in my life today. I ask you that you forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died and that you rose from the grave. Lord, rise me up from my ruin. Rise me up from my grave. Throw the grave clothes out of my life. Give me life. Jesus, I accept you today. I accept you today. As the worship team, they're going to sing a song today. If you prayed that prayer and you asked Jesus to come into your heart, I want you to come up and I want you to tell one of these guys we have some resources for you that we want to help you with. And also, if you're here today, the worship team's going to sing a song, one more song. You can come. If you feel like you've made decisions, wrong decisions, you need prayer, you need help, life's treated you wrong, you heard you had cancer this week, or something's happened to you, these people are here to pray for you. As Braden, as you lead us in this last song, we worship you.